God wants you to prosper, not somebody else, not someone down the street, but he wants you to prosper. He promises to be our exceeding great reward. God has a great plan for you. Third John, verse two, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Heart to Heart Truth. And I am Dr. Shanta Haynes, your host, and I am so excited again today to have a repeat guest and it's Dr. Sharon Cannon with us today. And I'm excited because she's got a new upcoming book. Now, if you haven't picked up the first one or have not heard the first episode, make sure you go back and look for that. She talks about women of the Bible, the good, the bad, and the ugly then and now. But now we are moving on because there's been so much that has been happening in 2020. I know most of you, if you're not under a rock, you know all about COVID or as I call them, Corona cooties. But I wanted to make sure that I brought Dr. Sharon back with us because she's got a new book coming out. It's called Crossroads of Life, uh, The Crossroads of Life and Death, I should say. And the subtitle is The Haves and the Have Nots. And she wants to make sure one of her passions, just like mine, make sure that you have everything that you need when it comes to that. But let me just give you a little bit about Dr. Sharon Cannon. For those of you who did not listen to the first episode, she truly is a soldier of the Lord. She knew from a very early age um, that she was special. And because of that, she's achieved a lot. She's made a lot of accomplishments, but she teaches, she preaches, she's an instructor, she's a speaker, she's a motivator, she's a mentor, she's also a businesswoman. And she wants to make sure that you have everything that you need, especially when it comes to the funeral side and what families need to be able to do their estate planning very much appropriately. So Dr. Sharon, welcome again. I am so excited to have you back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> you say I push you, but I have to push you because our community is in such need Yes. And we are needing people like you who have not only a passion to give us the right information at the right time, but have such a heart, even for the kingdom and doing things God's way, that we want to make sure that we're getting and disseminating that information out. We so need you and we so need this book. So hurry up, finish this thing because we got to get it ready, okay? Because yes, too many people are in need. So. In this book, The Crossroads of Life and Death, we talk about um, the things that we're in need of when it comes to funeral arrangements. And even before we get to the funeral, let's back up to when we are in the hospital. There's some things that we need at that juncture to make sure that our family members are gonna be well taken care of should anything happen even along the way. Can you just tell us a little bit about what we should be looking for or what we should have in our coffers just to make sure that we're prepared? Okay, one of the first things everyone should remember if you've checked into the hospital, they ask you if you have a living will. When they're asking you if you have a living will, they're basically telling you that if you're in the hospital and your family member is not in the room, 
and you have what they call a code blue or an emergency of some type, what do you want them to do? So there's a form that they really want you to fill out. And when you have this advanced care form, it's what the real name is called. And each state has a different list of questions, but they're all similar. And what we require you to do is that once you fill those out, that each one of your doctors has a copy of it. Okay. And that's really going to be important. And so by having that copy, if you said, yes, I have one and you know it's at your doctor's office, they can pull it so that it's available there at the hospital. Normally, it has to be notarized. So if you happen to do it the first day that you're in the hospital, you can have as a witness one of the nurses, or they may have a notary there at the hospital that can be the witness for you. So that's important, but it's basically gonna ask you, you know, what do you want us to do? Uh, if my heart stops, do you want to have CPR? Do you wanna be resuscitated? So those things, so it's different questions, but it's also a question on there that if you were to pass, who do you want them to call to come pick up your body? And a lot of people don't realize that, that you need to know the name of the funeral home. Yes. Now, in the area where I live, we happen to have a longstanding funeral home that has gone through three name changes. And many of the seniors, I've noticed that when they pass, their loved ones would say the first name of that funeral home. And if that body is taken to that funeral home, there is a transport cost to go to the correct one if that's not it. Oh, wow. And so many people don't realize that. So it's going to be important that when you fill that paper out that you know which funeral home you want to go to and the location. That's important because many have branches you know, and so you want to make sure that you get the right one, you know. I mean, we had it, um, we have it listed as like a healthcare advocate. Um, is that very similar to what you're talking about in identifying what, what's going to happen to you from a health perspective that somebody knows and somebody's making that determination for you, that that's the person that they would call? They are listed on that They're listed advanced on. care plan. Yes, their name is listed there to where that's why if they left the room or something and there's a cell phone number, you know, on there, they're going to contact them and tell them, you know, that, hey, this person has done this. We don't see a living will. So they will, though, most of the time try to resuscitate, but you'll see on hospital doors, DNR, yes. that means do not resuscitate. Yeah. So if uh, that monitor at the nurse's station was to go off and that person is, no one is in the room with them and they get to the door and they see DNR, they know, uh-oh, we don't need to go in here and do this. So it's some very important information, but at the same time, there's a lot of confidential information. So uh, that's on that advanced care plan. Okay. So that's important to know. So I wanna make sure that people know that if they ever check into the hospital, before you have a surgery, as well as going to your doctor, please let your doctor know, you know, what your plans are and I turn mean, that in. Tomorrow's not promised. So we never know going into the hospital. You can think it's for a minor uh, surgery, like you said, or something just very mild, but it ends up being something being major, major. 
right? Because you can have a blood clot that you didn't plan or an aneurysm that you didn't Right. So you need to know. And I think it's also important to let the person know who you're identifying that what your wishes are going to be called upon. Not only know that your wishes, but that they're going to call. I can tell you when my father passed away, um, I remember getting a phone call from the hospital down in Fort Lauderdale and I'm in Tampa right now. And down there, I got a phone call saying, well, what do you want us to do? And I was like flabbergasted because I'm like, I didn't even know he was in the hospital one. And number two, I didn't know he was going to have me making a decision like that. But apparently I was written down as the person to contact. So I'm like, let me call you back. And I picked up the phone, called my mom, like, what am I supposed to say? You know, because I did not know. But yes, that's very much so important. So I'm, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Make sure that you get that done. Um, be the healthcare advocate, get that living will in place. We talk about it in general. And I know we've done some programs before. We called it passing the torch. And that's the true estate planning, making sure that you have your will together, you have your health information together, where you're going to want the the rest of your possessions to go, who's going to get what, the beneficiaries are identified. All of that is important. And I know I cover that when I talk about, for those that are advanced, I say, on the finance side, and we also all should be advanced, is that's important to make sure that you look at your estate plan, that you have it in place, that you get it all together, um, that your finances are in order. Because you really don't want to have your relatives have to pay for your funeral. Thank you. That was that segue right into what we need to talk about. You don't want to leave it. I've seen too many people that say, you know, I'm just going to spend all the money that I have. It's that uh, worldly thought process, if you will, that you only live once. So I'm going to spend it all. I'm not going to pay for anybody else's. I want the last penny to be gone when I get ready to be lowered. And that is not fair. People leave their credit, um, their credit cards open. The, you know, they've had debt for days and they expect others to pay. And it's not fair. Don't put your family through that. Uh, leave them in a better position. Part of that estate plan is knowing whether or not you have the right insurance, whether you're going to be able to be buried with that. Um, if there's life insurance to take care of some of those incidentals, to take care of some of those you know, those fees that are going to come. I know when my father passed, I had to pay his taxes. I had no idea what was written on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a funny story. So I might as well tell you to make sure that the audience recognizes I'm a real person. Okay. But when they, when my father was buried, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do for the taxes. And the lady called me because IRS is not playing about their money. They want their money. <laughs> And I told the lady, I said, I have no idea what to write down. And she goes, ma'am, you need to pay the taxes. I said, well, what would you like me to do? Go dig him up? And I just stopped. And she, there was a pause for a moment. And then she comes back and she goes, ma'am, you just need to pay the taxes. <laughs> but, you know, some of the people, as far as the creditors were concerned, they wrote it off, you know, because he didn't have a lot of credit. Some of them wrote it off, but they're not required to do that. So don't think that just because I'm gone, my family doesn't have to take care of it. Recognize that they will. So we want to make sure that you put everything in place that you need to. 
uh, in order to get there. But because in 2020, we, with the Corona cooties, we've had so many deaths. And my heart goes out to each and every person who has lost a loved one, not only just to the virus itself, but just in general, because there's a grieving process. And we're supposed to be compassionate enough to recognize that everybody doesn't get over it just so quickly. But the financial side of it, the funeral side of it, takes a toll on an individual. It's a lot of emotion that goes into that. Um, just the planning of it, period. But Dr. Sharon, I know that you have been working with a lot of people when it comes to planning the, the funeral side of it. And I want you to share with the audience some of the things that you have garnered, some of the things that you have learned so that they will be able to take from this to be able to make sure that they have their their items in order, that they are part of the haves, not the have-nots. That's yeah. so true. Uh, because one of the first things that usually happens is the individuals will make maybe contact me because the workshops that I started having, I started having them because my mother passed away. And when we were looking for policies, the policies we found Many of these seniors have cashed in those policies for the cash value. And that was so they could pay for their food or for their medicine. And so this is the part of my self-help book of the have not. If you find out that you don't have any, then they're going to be looking to you. Many of the funeral homes will not even begin to talk to you to make arrangements until they know how they're going to get paid. So one of the key things that I looked at was um, having an attitude about the GoFundMe. I would see young people on the street holding signs saying, can you help us bury granny? We don't have any money. And I didn't like that. So pre-planning was going to be important for me. So I started holding many workshops with seniors, just letting them know to tell your family where your stuff is. So I created a checklist for many of them. And I believe, Shanta, I may have sent you. Yes, ma'am. One of the first things that I have listed on there, what's the first thing that you see listed there that I tell them? Insurance policy. Yes. yes. Now, you know what a half of those policies are funded somebody's mattress. You know, many of them will have them hidden up under their mattress. And so what I try to tell families to do is find out where the policies are. Um, many of my seniors, I had to go open up and the local bank helped me with giving them a safety deposit box mm -hmm. so that they could put their items in there. Um, try to fill out, I'll have information in the self-help book, but you can even do it on a piece of paper. Try to list who your family members are as far as your tree. Because a lot of the information that the funeral home is going to need, is going to come from you. And it looks pretty bad that you don't know what your father and your mother's parents' names were, which were your grandparents. You don't have that. You don't know where they were born. That's important because what they have to do is they have to go back and they have to do a historical search okay. because if there is anything that may come out of this, especially if they're going to have a burial, a lot of people bought plots back then and they bought quite a few or a whole slew of them. 
Mm-hmm. And if you can't find out that information, you're going to be paying between $1,500 to $4,500 for an opening and closing of a grave. And that plot could take a lot off of you. That yep. is not part of a funeral package because usually the funeral home is going to talk to you and tell you about a package they got and what it includes, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to have to sit there and listen and you're still in a fog. You're still in a funk. You have no idea about what's being said and you're willing to say, yeah, yeah. But with those policies, you listen to them, but you do not share with them every policy you have. You keep your mouth shut and you let them continue to tell you what this package is, what that package is, how much it comes up to before you ever share what you have that's available you will share one policy basically you know and then let them work it from there because if they find out how many you have i promise you they will utilize every bit of each policy to get so there about the insurance policy to just to know how much okay that's coming yeah up. you're absolutely yeah. right and as we talk about the fact that you are in this fog you emotionally if you don't have it pre-planned you're having to do it under duress yes and you're making the decisions you're making a financial decision you're making an emotional decision and you have you don't have that much time to get it together and then in many instances you might even have some family drama because somebody else wants something different definitely and you haven't figured that out yeah, so you you definitely want to know about your insurance policy, how much it is, have it in a, a secure place. And I like the idea about the safe deposit box, but I will tell you this, make sure whoever the executor is or who you want to be their able to name. Get, their name needs to be on there or they cannot get in that safety deposit box. Right. Without that, a court order. That is something that I share with the individuals when I'm doing the pre-planning workshops. Mm-hmm. is who is the individual that you most likely could trust to know to make the wise decision. And I had a specific incident where a young lady called me one day and uh, she said, my mom has passed away and it's a note here to call you. And she said, who are you? And I said, who are you? And mm-hmm. she told me, and I said, what's your mother's name? And she told me, I, and I asked her, could she meet me at a local bank? And she said, meet you. I said, just meet me at the bank. And when we got there, of course, her name was on there. She hadn't signed it, but her name was on the card because her mother wanted her to be on there. And we went in and I got the paperwork out and I showed her, I said, you're in charge. This is what your mom wants. And we went through like my funeral checklist that you have there. I gave her that set of papers to show her what her mom had checked off and what's being done. And what's already paid for and everything. And she just couldn't believe it. She said, but I'm not the oldest. I said, but your mother trusts you. And I did explain that I'm the negotiator. I said, I'm the one that's going to present this to your family. I said, I've got your back. I said, it won't come off on you. It's going to come off on me. And that has made a big difference with me being a pre-planner, you know, and helping and assisting families because there's too much drama a lot of times. You're right. You're right. 
I'm, let me read this list because that that is important. And I like the fact that you're a negotiator um, to have somebody to step in because if there is that drama, you need a neutral party that will take the blame or take the brunt of it because right. again, it is a truly emotional time for everybody. You mm -hmm. know? All right, so insurance policy was uh, number one, tell them the amount you have to spend. Number two, ensure that you have background information on your family, their parents' names, brothers, sisters who have passed and uh, the funeral home will need that because you need to be organized with that information. You also need to get the names of children and their spouses' names. This is for the obituary paper. So when they're reading the obituary, we just take it for granted that you already knew all of this information. You're going to need to know what to put on there. It says only put in necessary names and the number of grandchildren and other relatives because you only have in some papers uh, so many free words and then they will cost you even more and sometimes up to 95 cents a word. So uh, you will be posting as well for others to know. I know you'll have to post also for bankruptcy type information for creditors. Uh, so you'll, you'll definitely need to know that. Also to see what packages uh, that are being offered, the cost uh, for the different funeral homes, whether or not you're gonna need family cars and what will suffice, whether you need two family cars or if one will be enough because everybody wants to ride in that limo, but that limo costs money. It does. So you know, they're not using the cars. Many of the uh, funeral homes are not using their cars in COVID. I've oh. noticed that. They're and making so, you drive your own individual cars, you know? Okay, well, that saves you a little bit of money. Yes, it does. <laughs> out the package. <laughs> yeah, out the package, right. <laughs> also, find out whether or not your pastor is going to be doing the eulogy or will the funeral home provide someone because there will be a cost associated with that. Check to see if the coffin has a comparable price for your insurance policy in order to cover that. Ensure that the color of the coffin is either feminine or male. Make sure that you get the low end casket in the color that you want. You know, you have to consider the fact, and I'm glad you put that in. Don't spend a whole lot of money, lot of money. on that because it's going in the ground or if it's in a mausoleum, you're not going to see it. It's really more for show for that particular funeral itself. You know, yes, you want your loved ones to be buried in a nice manner, you, you, but you don't have to get gold handles and, you know, diamond encrusted. I mean, come on, yeah. save that. You can save that for sure. Also check to see if there are any prepaid funeral plots or cemeteries. You're going to want to know that. Why pay for something that's already been paid for, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, just as a aside here, my middle daughter passed away uh, back in 05. And of course, we never expected it. It was three days before her 11th birthday. And I remember my husband and I going to the funeral home to decide. My, young, my oldest daughter at the time, let's see, she was 13. She said, I don't want her in the ground. So we ended up doing a mausoleum, you know, kind of accommodating that because we really didn't, you know, you don't know, you hadn't planned ahead. You don't know what you really want, but because she said that it was like, okay, we just won't have her in the ground. 
But what we did at that time is we bought a plot for everyone in the same area. So right. I know where everybody is going to be, you know, depending on who goes next, they're going to be, you know, where they're going to be placed, but it's already paid for. Yes. Just look for those uh, prepaid plots. They're going to ask you at the funeral home to bring a full set of clothing, including underwear and stockings. And it does say here, knee highs for women will work, but pick out a beautiful outfit or a suit or whatever that person was noted for wearing. And if you want them to wear a hat, you decide that ahead of time. So if you do have it available, if it's not something that catches you off guard and you're planning, and I think this is more for those that you know that are getting up in years and you say, well, hey, let's just plan it ahead of time. But even for a younger person, you know, the parent might pick. And then death certificates, ask for four, you say. Mm -hmm. Because some billing places require originals, not copies. And you'll need to be able to submit that. You can purchase additional, but I like the fact that you're asking or you're telling them to ask for four upfront. Okay. If you think that you're going to need more, you can order them at the same time, but one will not do for sure. No. <laughs> and then the last thing that's on the list here is make a decision on the time for the visitation. Uh, will it be the day before at the funeral home or it can be up to one hour prior to the funeral itself if you're doing it in a package, doing it on the same day? And I think that covers quite a bit. Is there anything you want to add to that list? Well, I just really want to get that out to everybody now because of what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's so key. And even for the individuals that have already lost loved ones, and they're having to contemplate, what do I do after the funeral? That's going to be part of the book too. Yes, you know. I saw that. Let me say this now for those who are listening. Make sure you go to her website. It's www.sacpr.com. And I'm going to make sure that they're in the show notes as well, because this list is going to be there for you. The upcoming book is going to be there. And that way you'll keep you know, up to date on the events that are coming. And like Dr. Sharon said, she also has steps to take after the funeral. And there's seven steps that are listed here. I wanna make sure that you have it, all the information that's available. It will be on her website, but make sure that you're prepared. Get the estate plan in place. Make sure you know the funeral checklist that you're prepared for the funeral. If you've got that, you're probably two thirds ahead of the rest of the world if you would, and we want to make sure you're in the have section of it, not the have nots. You know, there is that crossroad between life and death. You're absolutely right. And as our loved ones pass over, we want to be able to be prepared, but that you're not in that position of being under duress, trying to make those final decisions. Dr. Sharon, it truly has been my pleasure to have you. And this is so needed today. I want to let you know, guys, that Dr. Sharon does have some other books that are available. I have done an interview with her on uh, previously on the women of the Bible, the good, the bad, the ugly, the then and now. And I want you to make sure that you go and listen to that. She has such a heart to help others that, you know, like I say, I want you to put feet to your faith. I want you to get it done. Okay and not just talk about it. And she is one of those soldiers that is truly out there on the battlefield, 
making sure that she gives you all the information that she has. She does not hold back. So buy the books, support her. I look forward to even more of what she's going to bring to us. This is such a woman of God. I love her. Oh, wow. I am so excited about what she brings. Go get her books on Amazon. They're available wherever books are sold, I should say. Uh, but definitely go to her website, learn more about her. And as you do, please make sure you share it as well, because you don't want to keep this information just to yourself. It's not just your family that needs it. It's other families also. So your friends that are out there, your church members, make sure they know as well so that they can be a part of the haves and not the have nots. I'm Dr. Shanta Haynes. I definitely am one that's going to keep you abreast of the financial side of it. So look for my books as well under Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. They're out there, they're available, but definitely go see Dr. Sharon Cannon. It has truly been my pleasure. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you. Love the opportunity to present. All right. Well, this is Dr. Shanta. I'm with Heart to Heart Truth. Make sure that we're giving you transformative, biblically-based truth, and we're bringing you the truth of the word today. So see Dr. Sharon, and I hope you have an absolutely fantastic rest of your day. Be blessed. Hello. Talking about money can be an embarrassing issue, and it can have a little bit of shame to go along with it. But if you really are ready to come out of the shadows and get into the marvelous light, truly being able to be confident and skillful in what you do with your money management. I'm your girl. I've got online classes for you. No one even has to know. Financial independence is something that you want. Financial freedom is available. Financial security should be yours. Jesus didn't die for you to financially struggle. So come on out of the shadows into the marvelous light. Get into one of these classes. Financialopoly, Financial Wisdom for Financial Freedom, which is going to give you six weeks of all the money management principles that you're going to need to know. Believe me, I'll walk you through it. You can do it. Step-by-step -step instructions on what you need to do. And then there's also Biblical Financial Personalities Masterclass. It's the principles and the practices that go along with how you authentically handle money, how you deal with money, as well as why you deal with it the way that you do. And it's a Bible study. So it goes through observation, application, interpretation, as well as contemplation. So that you then, utilizing the scriptures and those principles, you can maximize what it is that you do have and secure your future, not only for yourself, but for your family. Find us online at h the number two h truth.org. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.